Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another great episode of Just Browsing. Matthew here, along with Zach. And what today, up, what up? we're going to bring you the week one recap of our fantasy football league, Rogue One, as well as some, um, you know, highlights or surprises from the week one, uh, you know, of the NFL season. And, uh, you know, I'll just kick it off by saying both Zach and I are 1-0. Yep. And uh, we do play each other this week, so we're going to take a hiatus until next Tuesday <laughs> when we come back. Yeah, there um, might be some bad blood after this week. There might see. only be one host next week. <laughs> Could be that bad. Yeah, we're here. Um, couldn't get the whole crew together for this next fantasy episode, but we'll try and be doing probably regular Tuesday night episodes to recap the fantasy week and the NFL scores for that week. Um, but this week, it's just me and Matt, and we're going to sit down and talk about what happened. So um, we'll just run through the fantasy stuff first and then go to the NFL scores, I think. Um, that sounds like a good way to do it. So um, me personally, so my matchup was against my fiance Taya, and... I was I won by quite a bit, and I was trying not to talk any shit because she was already mad as it was <laughs> without me saying anything. So you slept on the couch. I didn't sleep on the couch, <laughs> but if I would have talked shit, I probably would have slept on the couch. Um, but yeah, it was 260 to 207, so I, I beat her by a pretty wide margin. And honestly, I was a little nervous because, you know, Houston and Kansas City had that Thursday night matchup, and so... I had Deshaun Watson. She had Patrick Mahomes. So those guys were going against each other, and, and Mahomes outplayed Watson. And it seemed like, you know, with Mahomes setting the bar there, going for like 26 or whatever, or 29, or whatever he scored, I was a little bit worried, like, oh, great. If the rest of her team, you know, if she's already got this big of a jump on me, and I'm, I'm worried that if the rest of her team shows up, I'm going to get blown out. But yeah. I tried to remain calm. And it paid off because I was like, you know what, Zach? You have Drew Brees. You got Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. You still got a bunch of guys who are probably going to put up some big numbers. And turns out that's exactly what happened, and I won by a comfortable margin. So I am 1-0, and I'm definitely happy about that start. So, Yeah, I mean, I'll just stick with your matchup real quick. Looking at Ty, you know, Ty's team, you look at it on paper, it's, it's not a terrible team. But uh, besides her quarterbacks this week and uh, – you know, Raheem Mostert from the, the 49ers, uh, no one showed up. They forgot that there was a football game. And, you know. You, she had a few duds in there of, like, five, one, three points. You know, like, that was not what she was. Well, and, and her quarterbacks put up 67 points. Yeah, and we, we went over this when we were doing the, the look ahead to the season kind of thing. We, when you were ranking – all of our teams based on position group, and she by far has the most stacked quarterback. Yeah, she denied my trade today. <laughs> yeah, we can get into that in a little bit too <laughs> if you want to, but she's got Mahomes and Wilson starting, and then she has on her bench Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. So she just gobbled up a bunch of quarterbacks during the draft, and now I told her too, I was like, you have trade bait for the rest of the season. I mean, like, if you're trying to get someone else, you start shopping one of those guys around, and someone's going to want them. Because, you know, a couple games into the season – a couple of the teams in our league are going to realize my quarterbacks suck. I need a quarterback. So. I mean, I'm already at, I don't, I wouldn't say my quarterbacks suck, but I don't have like that quarterback that I'm like, all right, they're going to be reasonably re- reliable every single week. So, I mean, I, I offered a trade because looking at her team, I mean, I don't want to bag tie his team because it is fantasy and it only takes one week for one of these guys to pop off for a, f- and, and 
you know, mind you, our fantasy is scored completely different right. than ninety five percent of other fantasy leagues. So our yeah, ridiculous should, scores yeah. are not, you know, two sixty to two oh seven. Two sixty is about like it's it's on the medium to high range. Two oh seven's about average, but yeah. It's it's a little below, I'd yeah. say. For compa- I, I guess we should keep reiterating that every time we have one of these episodes for anyone who's hopping in and hasn't heard us talk about how our scoring works. Our, our scoring is very inflated. So like these scores are not your typical fantasy football league scores, but it makes it really fun for us, and we like playing yep. it this way. And for comparison, she would have beat two of the teams in the league. So you know, had she not matched up against me, you, or Brand, or either one of the Brandons or Zach, she would have won. You know, so it's like, yeah, 207 is not like a super high score, but also still would have beat 197, still would have beat 180. And it's, it's kind of funny that we can get to Darian's team here in a second, but his team starting off the year putting up the least amount of points in the entire league after he basically and just never ran through the whole league last year and scored like the most amount of points every single week. So it just goes to show you it's a year-to-year thing. And, you just, it's, it, and it's a week-to-week thing. It's I a mean, week-to-week thing, yeah. Injuries... So. Well, because here's a prime example. Like, Aaron Rodgers, for her, scored 48 points this on, weekend. On her bench. On, and, uh, yeah, it was on her bench because she had Mahomes and Wilson starting, which was, like, not a bad move. Those guys went no, for 26 oh no. and 41 It's going to be really hard to bench. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, how do you bench one of those guys, right. you know? So, but for comparison, I had Aaron Rodgers all year last year. And he was really average. I like mean, it 20 was like to 25. A, yeah, it was like a... You know, statistics-wise, he had a lot of touchdowns compared to very little interceptions, which is good in real-life football. But for fantasy scoring, he never had any weeks where he was having the typical Aaron Rodgers games like this past weekend that, like, you're come to expect where he's going, you know, 250 to 300 yards passing and several touchdowns. Like, he just never had that. A lot of times last year it was, like, 180 yards passing, one touchdown or something like that, you know? And and so – it just goes to show you it's 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 week to week, it's year to year, because I had him all year last year and I was expecting the forty eight points that she got and I never got it basically. So Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's a tough draw, but it is fantasy football and never say die in fantasy football, especially yeah. when every team in our league makes the playoffs and you only gotta win one game to avoid getting the sacko. So Yeah. Well and I told her too, I'm like, babe, there's it's a 13 week regular season for fantasy football. You got 12 more games. I, I think like, it's, it's more just the head to head against her fiance that she wanted to. She was be able she to wanted talk to beat me to really you. bad, yeah. And I I'm not tooting my own horn or anything here, but I'm just saying that I was not a cocky winner or anything. I wasn't being a dick, and I easily could have been. <laughs> Taya, please comment on this uh, episode. Let me know if he was being a dick. And, and I wasn't. If she if she tells you I was being a dick, she's lying. <laughs> you heard it here first on the Just Browsing podcast. Um, yeah, you want to cover the other one? The oh yeah, cover your game. I'll cover go. Yeah, I'll first. go through my game. So I went against uh, you know Dean, who's one of the guys in our league. Um, my team performed I don't want to say they performed average <clears throat> I'd say most of them performed as expected with a couple standouts uh, my quarterbacks lacked let's I'll be honest I played I had Philip Rivers and uh, Matthew Stafford I have Kyler Murray on my bench who was the best scoring quarterback for me this week but with them saying with the air quality in California they might not have played so I I benched him just because yeah, I can't I can't that. risk mm-hmm. not having a quarterback play. Yeah, you can't take a zero. Um so my quarterbacks played a little bit about like about average 16 and 21 points. Um my biggest things which were, you know, 
which I thought is going to be my strongest point all season were my wideouts. And I had Michael Thomas go for five points, and I still dropped 249 points. So I won 249 to 197. And yeah. That's a good point. I'm looking at your receivers right now, and out of those three starting receivers, you had Michael Thomas went for five, Julio Jones went for 29, and then Devontae Adams went for 47. So if Michael Thomas has a typical Michael Thomas game, you're thinking he's scoring like 30 or something right. in there, or so, maybe so more. Add about 20 to 25 more points onto my score yeah. you is what I was score for the league suspecting. Week. You know – I had my defense, my Broncos defense, you know, RIP, we'll talk about them later. <laughs> uh, went for four, and Mark Ingram went for three. So, you know, I had some low performers, but I got that makeup because I think Devontae Adams had 14 catches for, like, 147 yards and two touchdowns, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, he, he just stacked up the stats. Julio Jones, I think, had 11 or 12 catches for, like, 150-something yards. Um you know, so my team, they, they went off in the sense of they were targeted a lot and they made the plays like they should. So, you know, I was happy with their performance this week, but, again, it's a long week or a long season, and I, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, especially with uh, Michael Thomas's injury. I don't know. You know, I spent the fifth overall pick on him, so. Yeah, which, you know, if I was you, I would I would do it again 10 out of 10 times. Um, I think – you know, you bring up a good point. It's it's something if you lose in week one, don't get too down on your team. And if you win in week one, don't let your head get too big in fantasy. Because especially in our league, anything can happen week to week. I mean, a team – like my team scored 260 points this week. It was the most points in the league. I could drop 180 next week, you know? Like it could be just totally down in the shitter one week. Like it's all right. week to week dependent. And, and if – one guy goes off the way we have our league set up with all these bonuses and stuff you have one or two guys go for like really inflated numbers that could be enough to just get you a win in and of itself like well, I two mean, guys you, you know? have you have a backup wide receiver that you pick up for a week cuz you need him and he, he ends up blowing up two or three yeah. catches but there were 75 yard touchdowns i mean yeah. our league is 75 yard touchdown that is a 22 point play Right. That's huge. So someone gets two 75-yard touchdowns. Yeah. That's 44 points just on those on two plays. On one guy, yeah. But you have to add in that they would already have a 100-yard bonus too, which I think is a five point. So yeah. you're already looking at almost 50 points on From one know, player. two or three plays yeah. that you're like, that should have never happened. You're like, well, of course it shouldn't have. Yeah. And that's those, why I like those guys pop. Like Robbie Anderson this week. I didn't yeah. expect him to do what he did. And, yeah. you know, I played him in my other league. Thank God. And he popped off. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's, it, in our league, it pays, with all these bonuses, it pays to, like, bet big, win big kind of thing. If you can find those guys on the waiver wires that are, like, real high upside. But they also have, like, a large percentage of just being a – it's like they have the boom and bust thing that yeah. IBM does, like, the calculations on the probability and stuff. And it's like, well, there's, like, a, you know – 25% chance that he's going to score five points or whatever this week. But there's also like a really good percentage chance that he could go off. And you're like, and it's like a favorable defensive matchup that right. week or whatever. And you never know. You just gamble on him, throw him out there. And then, like you said, he goes for 50. And you're like, okay, well, thank God. But then I've, I've seen it happen in fantasy leagues too where that happens one week. The guy has a couple of down weeks. Whoever had him dropped him to switch him out for someone else. And you're like, you, you snag him off waivers. And you're like, that guy was a fucking beast a couple weeks ago. 
he never does shit the rest of the season. Scores like five points a game. You're like, okay, well, where, where was that? That was crazy. He has really bad games. Someone drops him, and you're like, yeah, he's not a bad bench piece. Like yeah. I could use him Just as a flex. Keep him around. Yeah. You pick him up in the first three weeks you play him. He's dropping yeah. 20, 25 points, and you're sitting there going, and like Man, quickly, yeah, turns like into one of your best performers. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting, um, but yeah, you, you you jumped off to a two forty nine to one ninety seven win over Dean, so you're one and zero. And so I'm yeah. in second place, quote unquote, because of the you know the point differential. Yeah. And so kind of like you were mentioning when I when I got over here is if we would have had Brandon and Zach here, you know, had the whole crew here for the fantasy recap, all of us would have won this week. We would all be one and zero. Now Brandon's game against the other Brandon in our league was really close. It was 228 to 225. So three-point win for Brandon. Um, and, you know, he had, I, I think, really good production out of his quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson went for 32. Ben Roethlisberger went for 26. Alvin Kamara, obviously, you expect him to have big games like that. He had DeAndre Hopkins go for 35 points. So really between those four guys right there, that's like a lot of his scoring that's happening right there. Because well, he had a lot of – what's interesting, as I'm looking at his lineup – he had Zach Ertz as a starting tight end who only went for 10. And I had Dallas Goddard, who went who's, for the the, 29. who's like the backup in, in Philly, and went for 29 points. So that whole tight end situation in Philly is really weird there. I'm, I'm very, very happy with my production out of Dallas Goddard. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that can keep up like that. I am a little, little hesitant to believe that that's gonna, that kind of scoring pace is going to keep up. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. It might have just been like – for whatever reason, they were spreading the ball around to Goddard more this week, but next week it's going to be like the bulk of the catches go to Ertz. Right. So it, I mean, it could be hit or miss, and you know he uh, he yeah. was he was down going into last night's games, the Monday night games really? with just Big Ben to play, and I think he needed twenty four for the. Let me see. Let's make sure my math is right. So he needed twenty three for the tie. Okay, that makes sense. And. 24 for the win and Ben got him 26. We so won yeah. by three. So super he close game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which in the first half, I was like, Ben might get 20 points. Like it might yeah. be a 20 point game and he's going to lose. But he, he, you know, he snuck out a 228, 225, which was our closest matchup. Yeah, that was by far the closest. And game. Um, I did notice his defense, the Ravens defense, put up 21 points. That always helps. Yeah. Well, and I want, I'm going to touch on this like when we just dive into the NFL season itself, but. They played Cleveland, which on paper you'd expect to be a very good team. And yeah. the Browns just suck. I, I really feel for Browns fans out there because for just years and years and years, they have been in the dumps in the NFL. And it seems like the last couple of years especially, they've put together this roster that, like you said, on paper looks really good. Those names look really good. You're like, okay – that's a team that you would expect to be at least in the mix. Like, I'm not saying they're going to be in any a sort wild of card championship mix, games or anything. Yeah, but, like, in the mix. And they're, they're just not. I saw some um, – I forget who said it for one of the ESPN personalities, but I saw it when I was scrolling through Instagram. They were like – the guy goes, I'm about one bad Baker Mayfield week away from saying Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback than him. Which is <laughs> sad because Gardner Minshew is in his second year, and I don't – I mean – there's a lot of unknown about him. Exactly. So I was like, and th- we're, you're talking about, wasn't Baker Mayfield the number one overall pick when he came out and he's a former Heisman Trophy winner? Like, that's scathing reviews for Baker Mayfield. And I, I, I don't know how much of it is he's just in Cleveland and that's like where quarterbacks go to die well, I mean, or what. But, but like, people will be like, he doesn't have any weapons. Like, that's usually the, the argument against quarterbacks. 
you know, and, and you don't like Odell Beckham, and I don't like Odell I Beckham. I don't like him, yeah. I definitely think he's a good receiver. He's talented. I, and Jarvis Landry is very talented. And they have Austin Hooper at tight end. Mm-hmm. They have Nick Chubb at running back. I think Kareem Hunt's still there at running back. Yeah. Like, he's got weapons. You have the weapons, yeah. but you just refuse to be good. I don't and know what it is. I don't is know if there, it's yeah. just because they're all super, like, cocky and, they, they you know, big egos that just don't yeah. really care. Yeah. Because it, it seems like they just never compete. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's one of those weird – and we can – we're obviously still in the fantasy section, so we can get more to this when we talk about the NFL games. But I think you hit on something that's really important. Is like that team, when they were kind of assembled last year or so – High expectations. High expectations, and then also like they kind of just take the field every week. Like they're multiple – like they're a team that's made multiple trips to like the AFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And it's like you guys are still garbage and you still have literally everything to prove. So I don't know why you're acting like this, you know? It's like well, I it doesn't remember, make a lot of sense. Well, I'll touch on it later so we don't deviate too say, we far can, we from fantasy because yeah. we're on to our last game. But uh, in the last game we had the other Zach – and Adarian and Darian popped off last year. I think he averaged 260 a week. Yeah. And he, he came in swinging week one with a whopping 180. Yeah, and it's a d- much different Adarian this year. You know, again, how much is that is week one? You know, these guys don't have preseason, so yeah. we got to yeah. kind of sit back, step, mm-hmm. take a step back a little bit and look at that. But, you know, uh, you know, and the other Zach, he put up 239, and he had good performances from, you know, quarterback and you know, rookie running back popped off, and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Ezekiel Elliott did Ezekiel Elliott things. Um, Josh Allen played phenomenal for him. So, I mean, he, he got good performances from a couple people you'd expect him to and then a couple people that were kind of, you know, maybe not necessarily a big surprise, but, uh, you know, a kind of, yeah. oh, okay, Pleasant you know, surprise, they're, yeah. they're going to be a real threat this year. Yeah. So He had um, a real, real quiet game from Carson Wentz, only eight fantasy points. Um, well... We'll touch on the Eagles for Brandon yeah. here in a sec, but, yeah, the Eagles, uh, yikes. Yeah, I, I wanted to take a look at Adarian's team because, yeah, for comparison, Adarian finished last year in our league out of 13 games 10-3, and three, and then he went on to win the whole thing in the playoffs. And, and like Matt said, he was scoring 280 to 300 points like every week. I mean, basically unstoppable. And he has just not been able to put that type of a team together this year. I think a lot of it is that during the draft, I think for a good portion of it, he was auto-drafting. So he didn't have the exact input on who ended up on his team that he probably would have had he not been auto-drafting. But he ended up with, for quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Cam Newton. And Brady, you know, I, I think everyone can agree that was a disappointing start for the Buccaneers. But then again... Like you said, I think one thing that's really important to consider with the fantasy and with the regular NFL games is, you know, no preseason games this year. So, and I texted you that when we were talking about the Broncos loss. And it's like, you know, a lot of the stuff. So, say some of these teams are coming out looking really good, which is great. But some of them are coming out looking like they have some shit to work on, which to me is fine. Because if you're in a regular NFL scenario... These guys would have had four preseason games to kind of iron and, some and of this shit out. And months to practice. Yeah, months to practice. And, and time to, like, figure some of this stif- stuff out. And, like, time for the quarterbacks to really connect and figure out timing with the receivers. All that kind of stuff. And they just haven't had that time this year. So, I think a lot of the stuff we're seeing here in week one with, like, Eagles and the Buccaneers and stuff like that is maybe, like, first game jinx jitters, and yeah. jitters that they're trying to work out that, 
you know, in a non-COVID situation, we would not have had to deal with. So we'll see how it looks moving forward. Um, I'm actually really excited for Cam Newton's season here with New England. I thought that, like, honestly, and we can we can touch on this too when we get to the NFL talk, but I thought that that, new, that Cam Newton pickup in New England was huge. And, you know, Bill Belichick's all about, like, the value, about finding guys for value, like barely spending any money and turning these guys, like just finding the – the gold or the diamond in the rough, you know, yep, 100%. and Cam Newton, I thought was a guy who has a lot left in the tank. And I thought the rest of the league was high, not picking him up and doing what the Patriots did. I mean, they only signed him for like a one year deal. It's like a million bucks or something. It's yeah, like it's nothing. a very they're, small contract. They're, ba- they're barely paying him anything to a guy who was like five years ago, the MVP of the league. I think he's got a lot of talent left, a lot left in the tank. And I think in that system, with Bill Belichick, he might have a really fantastic year. But obviously, we can cover more of that yeah. once we get to the NFL stuff. But yeah, I think so it's, he, he went for 24 fantasy points. It's not like blowing you away or anything, but that's solid. And I think that's I mean, a good yeah, place it's, to it's, start. It's, you know? a, it's a good place to start, and I think anyone will like it. But um, it, it'll be an interesting year for both those quarterbacks. And, yeah. you know, do I want either of those teams to succeed? Not really. You know, I'm a huge Broncos fan. I've always hated the Patriots. I'll continue to hate the Patriots. <laughs> You know, my uh, NFC team is the Saints, and I'm a big, big Drew Brees guy, and so, you know, I'm not going to cheer for the Bucks because they're mm-hmm. in the same division, so I'm going to cheer for the Saints. And Do you know um, what happened with Miles Sanders? He scored – he put up zero. Did he didn't play. Hurt? So what So what he, he was out. He didn't, oh, he didn't adjust his lineup, so – so far, Darian is looking like he's on his way out of the Rogue One Fantasy League. I'll, have to, I'll have to shoot him a text. Be like, hey, man, you got to watch this shit. But, uh, but yeah, that's a, so that's a quick recap of uh, week one in the Rogue One Fantasy League. Um, you know, Zach, myself, Zach, and Brandon all started off 1-0. And, uh, you know, I think we can just do a quick dive into this week's matchups real quick. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's hard to dive into a fantasy football matchup because how do you – I mean, you also, go, you're based on projections. And you want to do the upcoming fantasy schedule, like, week two? Yeah, I okay. think we could just do, like, a quick, like, yeah, who's going right. against each other and kind of what we're looking for. And, you know, I'll just start off because we, we play each other. So, um, mm-hmm. the projected totals now is 218 and 215 in favor of me. But I don't care about projections in fantasy. I think they're yeah. a bunch of BS. It's someone that sits there and tries to analyze what they think the stat line is going to be. And let's be real. And they change so much, like mid, oh yeah, mid game. Like it's funny if you pay attention. Anyone out there who's played fantasy football, you'll see the projections and say it's like take for example Matt and I's matchup coming up this week, two eighteen to two fifteen, and then you start watching games at noon on Sunday after the eleven o'clock games are about an hour in, and pretty soon maybe the projections are like one eighty to one seventy five. Right. Like it changes that fast. You know, a few guys have gone out there and not done anything, and they're like, oh shit. Like the the projections have to like totally change and skew one way or another to account for the fact that this guy who was projected for 30 put up five or whatever, you know? But then there's that one play that gives them a 22-point play, and yeah. all of a sudden your projections back, you're back. Yeah. in, like, 260, and you're like, I don't it's, know what happened. Yeah, it's but... all over the place. So looking at the projections can be absolutely maddening because you'll go, oh, I'm projected to crush this dude by 50 points. And then, like, you check two hours later during the day on Sunday, and you're like, um, I'm losing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm projected to lose. What's happening? I mean, I, I just... I mean, like I said, it's going to be hard to go through these because there's no need to go through projections and who's playing who and what's happening in the league. But it's kind of fun to sit here and go, you know, looking at it, I definitely could see that that projection coming true in terms of 
like a point differential. I yeah. definitely could see I think our game be being a very close week. If you look at our scoring from last week, uh, we scored very similar points. Right. I think if we would have matched up, I would have beaten you by like 11, I think. 11 points or something. So, I mean, I think it's going to be close. If our teams both show up to the same standard they did last week, it's going to be close. So, yeah, this one's going to be a tough one this week. I, th- I think um, – and, you know – we were literally just talking about don't let your head get too big, but like after week one, I'm I'm looking at your team and my team, and I'm thinking like, all right, the, I think these two teams are going to be really solid throughout the year. If if they can barring, stay healthy, barring injuries and right. all that kind of stuff, we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful. I mean, if my team can put up 249 without Michael Thomas, yeah, I'll be super stoked. It's looking good. So, yeah. but you know, moving on, Taya. You know, your fiancé plays Dean. I think, again, it could be a very close matchup in projections. Dean's supposed to beat her by 15, but I think Ty's team got a, has a lot of potential. I think Mahomes could come out and torch the Chargers, and Aaron Rodgers could come out and do the same thing against Detroit. So I look forward to that matchup. I played Dean this last week, and his team's not bad, but they aren't. They don't have, like, that big-name punch, I feel like, that can just really I agree. pop off. I agree, yeah. And he's got Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan. And I've, Matt Ryan's a guy I've had in fantasy multiple years, and he's really, really solid. And he's, he has the capability to put up insane numbers. But he also, it, for the most part, like, over the course of time, is, like, average to a little bit above average, I would say, in terms of fantasy production. But for Taya, she's got Mahomes and Rodgers. And those two guys both have the capability to go for like 50 each you know depending on like and what wilson. happens and russell wilson so it's like oh my god like i like sh- her her team has the potential to be scoring right around 200 or depending on a couple things going one way or another like high 200 right. you know so like i think ceiling's really high for her team so we'll see how it goes <laughs> and i just don't see dean's team having those like real big play, like gigantic scoring. They're gonna type be guys they're gonna like be that like does. twenty point average yeah. that they yeah. have to get every week. Like I, yeah, I think Dean's team is gonna probably consistently put up decent numbers, like right around the two hundred mark every week. Which some weeks is gonna be fine, and other weeks is not gonna get it done. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens and, there. And again, you know, not a knock on Ty's team because she has four quarterbacks that could, you know, have an honest chance of ending one, two, three, and four in terms of fantasy points, her team is going to be totally driven by quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. If it's, her quarterbacks have a bad week, I don't good, see yeah. much production elsewhere yeah. in that roster. But, again, if you can get 60-plus points out of your two quarterbacks, you're looking good. You're off to a really you're, good You're start. looking yeah. good. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm not going to make any predictions, obviously, but I think that's going to be another very close game and – I think for Ty, it's solely going to be driven by her quarterback play. I agree. And then Brandon Stevens and Adarian, again, I don't see, you know, Christian McCaffrey maybe and uh, Tyreek Hill and Adam Adam Thielen. Other than that, I mean, these, these rosters don't stand out to me. They don't have yeah. eye-popping people. So, again, it's, it's going to – come out to to be you know if one of them pops off one of those kind of smaller name guys pops off that team's gonna win i think i I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any standout like oh you've got a higher advantage here i think it's really just who shows up and Mm -hmm. who doesn't in terms of you know if you show up and do what you're expected great but we need one person to to show up and do what they're not supposed to and and yeah, right Show now, Adarian's projected to win by 11, 211 to 200. But we'll see what happens there because his team only put up 180 last week. So, 
And and who knows? Like maybe he's going to be making some moves on the waiver wire and, and plugging and playing some guys that are, you know, making a big improvement on his team. But I don't know. His team this year. I like the fact that they're not as dominating as they were last year. I think it's just good for the rest of us in the league. Um, it seems like. I don't know if you agree with this, but it seems like every single season we've played, we've had one team that's been like far and away the best team on paper and just shows up every week and blows everyone out. Like By far. It, it seems like every year we end up with one guy who like somehow put together a roster that you just scroll through it and you're like, shit. <laughs> Although, <laughs> what am I going to do with I this I will have guy? to say, like, last year was the only year that that player won it all. That's true. Usually, that's true. everyone shits the bed in the playoffs. Yeah. You're like, I'm the best team in the league. I'm... 13-0, and 0, and then you're like, my team showed up and got me 140 points in week one of the playoffs, and I got the Sacco this year, yeah. despite being <laughs> the best team in the league and losing to the worst team in the league. It, it all comes down to like those three games you play in the playoffs, and if your team doesn't show up for those three weeks, yeah, you could look like the best team in the world. You could look like world beaters and then end up with the Sacco. So. <laughs> and, and for those of you that don't know, if you've ever seen um, the league – we did do a ball sack trophy. It's not a human ball sack. It is a actual bulls ball sack yep. that uh, you know I mounted on top of a box, and we put plaques on it for each year's winner. So we do have a trophy for both the winner and the loser. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try and post a picture actually with this podcast now. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. I, and the, I can send you a picture. Of the, I got the championship one in my house still. The championship one's like a – a like dude a, in, like, football pads and a helmet, but he's laying on, like, a recliner, and he's yep. got, like, a football and, like, a TV remote in his hand. It's pretty cool. So so we do have... It makes it fun. You know, li- something to play. We, we yeah. pretty much have the fact that as long as you're in the top seven, it was a winning season. <laughs> it was a winning season. <laughs> but as soon as you put your yep. name below the ball sack, well, join the club. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, for winners, so I've we've been going six years now. This is year seven which is so crazy that it's been that many years already. But I've won it twice. You've won it once. Brandon Roadwald's won it once. Brandon Stevens has won it once. And, and Darian won, won it last won, won it last year. And in terms of Sacco. Sacco's, I know I've won it once. You've won, it, won once. it once. Brandon's won it Brandon once. Brandon and Zach and has Zach won it. Dean had it. Dean had it. And then are we missing one? Didn't Zach win it again? I think Zach's a two-time. Maybe he's a two-time Sacco. We'll have to check because – and for anyone out there listening, you get memorialized on our trophy, too. So there's a little plaque that goes up with your name on the trophy that memorializes your name in that year that you won, either the championship or the SACO. So. And, and the date. So and the date, we yeah. remember what year you sucked. Yeah. And, so you can't you be to, like, oh, no, I've never won the SACO. It's like, no, no, no. It's memorialized. It's up in the hall. <laughs> and you have to live with the ball sack. for. Oh, no, we put Garrett on. So Garrett won oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. In uh, the second year, Garrett got it. Okay, okay. I knew we were missing one person, so... So that was it. The air got it. No, okay. no back-to-back sackos, but yeah, thank God. we're on thin, thin lines. Taya, Adarian, and Stevens are the only three in the league that haven't had it. So yeah. the odds are this year someone's bound to repeat. Yeah, and I think so, it, it's one of those things like the sacko, you're, the longer you're in the league, the more you play, you're bound to win it at some point. Oh, like, yeah. You, one of these years you're just going to end up with a dog shit team or luck's not going to be on your side. A bunch of guys are going to get hurt, and you're like, well – this is my year, I guess. <laughs> and then you pull through in week one of the playoffs and you go, up. Well, I was going to say, that week one, it's literally you have to win one game. And that, that sets you apart you, and you're not playing you in, the, plan in the last You can your entire roster around week 14 of the NFL season. <laughs> yep. And if you plan it perfect, you're fine. Yep. But, you know, sticking on like the Sacco and stuff real quick, because I, I don't, you know, we'll touch, let's just touch Brandon and Zach's matchup okay. real quick. Um, 
again, 214-206 projections with Brandon projected to win. He's got some big play potential in, you know, Lamar Jackson, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, and a couple of his other receivers definitely have that big play potential. I just don't know if Zach's team can, you know, he's got Ezekiel and Juju Smith-Schuster, but George Kittle might be out. You know, again, another team that there's a lot of potential, but is there that person that's just going to pop off and, like, deliver you that 40-point performance that can make up for someone else slacking? Yeah, and I, I look at Zach's team, and I don't see anyone that's really blowing me away. And I think that's kind of the thing that we that's been the theme we've been looking at as we've been kind of looking towards this week two projection is – and because I mean, because really the reason why we're looking at it like that is because the way our fantasy league is set up, it rewards having those big play potential guys. And if you got guys that can go for fifty points, and you got two or three of them on your roster, I mean, just that alone, if those guys all show up and have big days, you're probably going to win. Like the probability that you're going to win increases like by a lot if yeah. that happens. And if you have a team that doesn't have any of those big play guys. You pretty much have to rely on everyone having a, like, not great, but good solid, production. A like, solid, solid production. production week. And, you know, in fantasy, the odds of you having your entire roster show up and have solid production is just not that good most of the time. So when you it can makes step, it harder. You, you know? know, your best player could step out and be like, okay, I just need a 20-point game, solidify the win. You know, it could be a wide receiver, tweaks a hamstring on the first route. Yeah, you know? and that's it. They're, they're like, he could return, but they're not going to. Yeah. Or your running back and you need him to get five points, and he fumbles the ball, and then they don't put him in. There's so many, you know, things that have to go right and have to go wrong in certain scenarios that I just, you know, again, besides your team and, and, you know, a few players here and there on everyone else's team, there's just not a lot of people that, like, scare me. That that I'm like, okay, this is a tough week. Like, we got to really lock them down on defense. Yeah. There's just, you know, like I said, there's going to be players like that on every team, but – yeah, it's like whoever ends up with three or four of those guys rather than right. just one, that's the team you got to look out for. Because then you, like you said, like you're, you, you know, as anyone who watches NFL or plays fantasy, there's certain names you look for and you just go, fuck, I got to play that guy this week. Like, great. Well, and, I mean, like Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and, you know, Michael Thomas, if they're all healthy, you have Drew Brees. You're sitting there going, great, don't throw to Michael, throw to everyone but yeah, Michael yeah, Thomas. Yeah, as you and me are playing, I'm like, please don't throw it to Michael, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas could have 15 receptions for 150 yards and three touchdowns, and right. he's going to outscore Brees right. by 10 to 20 points. Yeah. So you sit there and you go, well, Drew Brees had a great game. I'm like, yeah, but the guy he played with for my team had a better game, uh-huh. so I'm already a step ahead. You know, Aaron Rodgers, I think, had 43 points. Devontae Adams had 47. Same team, you know, quarterback to wide receiver, and – it just, you know, players like that. Or Matt Ryan, I think he had he was in the 40s. Julio Jones, I'm pretty sure, was high, like 39 points with 150 yards. Like, the, the big playmakers can counter mm-hmm. other playmakers. Yeah. And that's you, the thing, too, that's so weird about fantasy is, and I, I've joked about this with my coworkers and stuff, too, because I'm in that other league with my, with my work. But um, it's like... If you're a Broncos, I mean, because everyone's got their own team. If you're a Broncos fan, but you have, like, a bunch of offensive guys in the Titans, it becomes this really conflicting situation when you're watching the game. Like, 
well, I don't want the Broncos to let up any points, but I also want my guys to score because that means I'm going to win in fantasy. So you're like, you end up like rooting against certain players and then rooting against certain defenses and stuff. It becomes like fantasy makes this, the football season like infinitely more interesting. Oh, it makes it stressful too. It makes it very Especially stressful. Especially when we're in the fantasy playoffs and you're sitting there like, okay, one more yard, yeah. nothing else. That's you can't, can't move anywhere else. <laughs> don't go backwards, don't go forwards, no <laughs> touchdowns. I don't care if you break your kneecap, one more yard. And then they get like, 11 yards, and you're like, that 11th yard was the touchdown that made my team in real life lose. In fantasy, I won, right. but great, my team in real life lost. Right. So now I'm pissed. Yeah. Well, or it becomes one of those things where the most maddening situation ever is having, you know, two leagues. Like, I, I'm in this league with you, and I'm in a work league. And say you have, like, I have Drew Brees. Like, I think this last week, I had Drew Brees in this league, so he has a good game. I'm happy. But I'm playing against Drew Brees in my work league fantasy matchup, so I'm like, fuck. <laughs> now he's scoring a bunch of uh, points against me in my work league. So you're like, the whole time, you're conflicted even about one player, you right. know? And it's, it just becomes this crazy thing. But, yeah, it's a crazy game we love here. Yeah, and, you know, I think to end the fantasy talk, going back to talking about, like, the Sacco and how if we, you know, you lose, you get that. Part of me really wishes we were like some of those other fantasy leagues out there that we did, like the loser had to do something crazy. <laughs> like there's a part of me that wishes like the loser every year had to get like a quarter size tattoo on their thigh or something of whatever the winner wanted. Yeah. You know, obviously we'd have to put some, you know, parameters on some it. Stipulations. But I just, there's still a part of me that like wants to in- introduce that because I think it would be hilarious, you know. I think... Some of those, uh, some of those harmless ones would be pretty funny. Like I've seen a few clips. Like one that went around the other day, where it was this guy walking down the sidewalk in the middle of public in broad daylight, and he's got like no shirt on, and he's holding a sign that just says "I suck at fantasy football," and all his fantasy football like like teammates are like walking side by side with him and just like ringing those bells and going shame. Shame, <laughs> like that, like the Game of Thrones scene. I know you haven't seen it, but I was like, that's clever. That, that's funny. That's funny. Well, and it's just you know. I would do it. I feel like you would do it, but no one else in our league would. Yeah, do it. I, I don't know. That's something that we'd have to discuss with everyone, and I don't know if you could get. Any- well, well, and well, here, here's another thing too. We have guys who are out of state and yeah. out of town as well, so we'd have to like all get together in person and do something. So that's why like the the trophies are cool because whoever's name it is who won it that year goes up on the trophy, whether they're in town or not, right. whether we give them the trophy in person or not, like their name gets memorialized regardless. So I think that's been really good for now. I, it's I, been, I it's like been that. Fun. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was hard enough to get people to be like, Hey, listen, I think the punishment for losing is you just got to pay for the plaques. And people right. are like, well, I don't know. I'm like, it's like 20 bucks. Yeah, like, like, come on. It's $20. Come on. You yeah. lost fantasy. You suck ass. We yeah. could do a lot worse things yeah. than, and that, that was one of the things I'm used to shit like that. Cause I've been in a March madness thing with my dad for several years. And that's part of the thing as the winner if you win the whole thing because you get the biggest payout, it's mm. like you got to pay for the plaque engraving or whatever. But right. it's like you know, twenty bucks or whatever, whatever it is. So, yeah, I think that, I think that stuff's cool because like it, it gives you some incentive and it kind of you know. And I'm if you're someone like me who just forgets literally everything, like unless we wrote it down and memorialized it somewhere, I'd forget. I'd be like, who won like right. five years ago when we did this? Like you would just wouldn't remember. And well, then mean, everyone would be like, no, I'm pretty sure it was me. Like no, it wasn't. I think. And then the history on on ESPN only goes back like a couple of years. It, it only goes back a couple of years because we changed leagues. We changed league names. We, we cr- was, well, yeah. we recreated the league like every year, and then instead yeah. of just opening it, and then yeah. if we kick someone, remove them, and add yeah. someone else. So, yeah. I mean, the league history is great, but yeah, it's. I don't know. I love fantasy, but uh, dude. Uh, 
You know what? Here's a good idea for a future podcast on fantasy. We need to have your dad on and tell us again. Remember he was telling us that story about when he played fantasy back before they had like ESPN fantasy on the phones and everything? <laughs> where it was like newspaper. he was using the newspaper box scores on, and like manually yep. adding up. Dude, that's so fascinating to me that your dad's been doing fantasy football that long. Like we need to have him on and have him talk about that. I think that'd be fucking but, Hey dad, we know you're old. <laughs> like, so tell the rest of the world how old you are. Tell us how old you are cuz it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're lucky we don't have to do anything. I mean, it's, we move it's people around and we're, and we're good. You click a few buttons and you're good to go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, back when my dad played fantasy football, he'd whip open the newspaper on Monday That's morning. That's so funny, dude. I love and, that. And you know, they'd tally their points and they he'd have to call in to their <laughs> league manager and say, you know, report his scores. That's and so cool. That's and I old, wonder how that's their like drafts were old too. Like, they'd do it in person. That's so awesome. So they'd have like, you know, probably, I don't know if they'd have the big draft boards or whatnot, but they'd yeah. do an in-person draft. And like be putting shit up on like the actual whiteboard. If, yeah, if they had like the big board, they'd do that. Like or everyone would write their names down and then you, you know, cross it off if it was taken or circle them if you got them. And oh my God, dude. That's so cool. I love that. I mean, I would love to do it. You, there's an option on ESPN that we could do an in-person draft like you that. You do like an old school thing. You do it offline. Everyone sits there and you literally go through a board and then we come in and we enter the results oh, as a draft. interesting, interesting. Okay. But again, we'd have to have all eight teams, eight people in the, in same, the same room, room yeah. prepared. And, and it, it would work better if everyone was right here in town. But we, right. have, we have one out-of-town guy and one out-of-state guy, so that'd be kind of hard. But... Um, yeah, I, I just think we should have your dad on here one time to talk about that. Because th- when he was telling us that, this was like a year or so ago. I don't remember when he was telling I was over at your guys' house, and we're probably doing the, the trophy exchange thing or the plaques yeah. or something. And he was like, yeah, back in the day, I used to have to like get out the newspaper and do the box scores and stuff. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, That's dude. so crazy. Old as dirt. Old as <laughs> dirt. so cool. All right. Um, so that was the fantasy recap. So that was what happened week Recapping one. That was forward. our look ahead to week two. So, you know, week one – a lot can happen still. There's 12 more fantasy games, and we're some of us are excited, some of us are mad at our teams, but that's how it goes. Yeah, uh, but you know what? I think I want to touch on these Week One NFL games. Let's do it. Honestly, the the start to the NFL season kind of win is planned, in my opinion. A couple surprises. Um, Jacksonville beating Indy was definitely a big surprise to me. I did not think that they were going to do that, and Yet they somehow did. So, kudos to Jacksonville for pulling that through. Yeah. Should we um, just run through the scores real quick, just to recap for anyone who didn't, who was not glued to their for TV anyone all that's not a real football fan? Which I don't know why they'd be listening to this podcast if they're not into football. But well, we'll give you another podcast of movies and shit. So don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, you want me to run through it real quick? Or? Yeah, yeah. Let's go okay. through it. So Thursday night, kicking off the NFL season for 2020, the Chiefs beat the Texans 34 to 20. Um, and then on the, on Sunday, the games went as follows. So Seahaw- Seahawks played the Falcons. That was 38-25 in favor of the Seahawks. The Bills played the Jets. The Bills won by 10, 27-17. The Bears played the Lions, and they won 27-23. to And that was a come-from-behind win on the Bears' part. Because I think um, I, I came in, I was watching some other game, and they cut to the end of that game, and they were saying the Lions were up in quarter points. like 23-6 and ended up losing that game. So that was pretty crazy. I did watch quite a bit of the Packers-Vikings. Packers won 43-34, to real high-scoring game there. Aaron Rodgers had a big day. Um, Patriots played the Dolphins. That was 21-11. to I know a lot of Patriots fans uh, are always worried about the Dolphins for whatever reason. The Dolphins just have their number. The worst team. Yeah, it's, it's they, kind they, of funny how that works. But So they, well. they, uh, 
they squeaked by there and, and won 21 to 11. Um, the Washington football team, the most boring fucking name ever, played uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and won 27 to 17. I think that was kind of a surprise for a lot of people. Um, the Raiders and the Panthers, the Raiders beat the Panthers 34 to 30. And then the Jaguars played the Colts. Jags, like you said, won 27 to 20. Um, the Ravens played the Browns and won in a blowout game. It was 38 to 6. And then Chargers and Bengals, that was a three-point game. Chargers beat the Bengals 16-13. to The Saints and the Buccaneers played. I watched quite a bit of that game. It was 34-23 to Saints. And then Cardinals beat the 49ers 24-20. to And then to round out all the Sunday games, we had the Rams beat the Cowboys 20-17. to And I did not see any of that game, I don't think. Um, I heard there was a controversial call there towards the end. I don't know. We can touch on that in a second. It was very um, controversial. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I do agree it was very controversial. Yeah, yeah. Um, Monday night, we had a doubleheader to kick off the 2020 season. So the first game was Steelers and Giants. Steelers um, went on to win that game 26-16. to And then the game that I fell asleep on in the first quarter last night, <laughs> being a bad not Broncos a real fan, fan. Um, Titans played the Broncos and won by two. It was 16 to 14. So that was your week one for the 2020 NFL season. So, yeah, any, I mean, uh, any major thoughts I on mean, sticking out there on those there's, games? There's a couple. There was, there was only about two upsets, I'd say, that were, excuse me, kind of, uh, you know, shocking. And I would have to say Washington beating the Eagles was yeah. – was definitely a shocker. I think the Eagles were up seventeen nothing at one point in that game, and I mean, Washington hasn't been good for a long time, mm-hmm. and the Eagles are usually a perennial NFC East contender. It looks like I'm looking at the quarter by quarter scoring. It looks like the Eagles did not even score in the second half. No, and, and I mean, so that's that was one eye popper and. You know, it just kind of goes to show that they didn't play very well. I mean, the leading rusher in that game had 36 yards for Washington. So, wow. no one could really get the ball going on the ground. Um, or if they did, it was by committee hardcore. But 36 yeah. yards as a leading rusher is usually that not one, a good sight. I agree. That one's definitely – that's a shock to me. You, so, you, you would think the Eagles would be able to win that game. But, you know, Brandon did mention when we did our fantasy – uh, look ahead to week one a week ago, he was like, the Eagles do this thing where they win the games they're not supposed to win and the games they're projected to win, they lose. So yeah. they're, 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 they're like that year after year and they're just kind of all over the place. So who knows? Like, I don't think anyone can really pin them down and figure out I mean, how their production's going to ag- be. Again, as we, as we mentioned before, I don't think it's, it's fair without having a preseason to sit here and, and judge your team hard. Mm-hmm. This was everyone's first yeah. game out there, first time hitting other people. Shaking some of the rust off. Shaking the rust off. Different environments with no fan. You know, there, there's a lot of things that can culminate into the way it was played, but I still think that the better team should always win a football game. And I do not think Washington is a better team than Philadelphia in any yeah. aspect of the game. I don't think so either. And so that was a, uh, you know, a shocker to me. I think the Jaguars upsetting the Colts maybe not being this like might not be a real big shocker, but I definitely think it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, and then the only other one that was really kind of an eye opener was the Cardinals going up and beating the 49ers. Yeah, I would now, say that's kind of an upset right there. Yeah. yeah. Now I know Cliffs. Cliff Kingsbury down there in, in Arizona could build a very good offensive team with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, can uh, what they have? 
They have Drake. Why? Why am I drawing Kenyon Drake? Kenyon Drake. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I think they could they could definitely build an offensive weapon. And the 49ers have a good defense. And for the Cardinals to to beat them in Week One, you That's know, a good win. It, it's going to show the the what the NFC West that the Cardinals are also going to be here to compete. Mm-hmm. And that could be a very close division too with the the Cardinals, the Rams, the 49ers, and the uh, Seahawks. So yeah, that was another shock. Other than that, I mean. Maybe a shock would be that the Chargers only beat the Bengals 16-13. to 13. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'd expect the Bengals with the rookie quarterback to not be, you know, in a three-point game. And then, you know, my only other shock would be um, the fact that my Denver Broncos decide to lose yet another game in the last 30 seconds. And it was probably the most poorly coached game I've witnessed ever. Maybe maybe like a high school game would be coached better. I mean, when you end a game with two timeouts and the whole one of the whole reasons you lose it at the end of the game is because of poor clock management, your head coach needs to – and I know Fangio came out and took a lot of blame today, but you can't take blame after. Yeah. The game's already done. you got to move on to next week. We're already 0-1. We had the lead with the last 30 seconds and – Bad play calls. You know, we had Jerry Judy, a rookie, missed two completions that would have extended drives. And, you know, the last one possibly could have ended the game. It would have put us, you know, gotten us a first down. We could have run the clock out. You know, so many scenarios that the Broncos just Mm -hmm. didn't execute on. And, I mean, that win or that loss, I don't think it's going to hurt. I don't think a lot of people believe the Broncos were going to beat the Titans anyways and a team that was just in the AFC Championship game last year. Yeah. But still, they had the game, and then they just threw it away. And so it's yeah, I, it's tough. You obviously have a lot more opinions on it than I do because I didn't see most of the game. I just saw the score and stuff this morning and the box score. But, um, you know, this is something that we covered, and this is something that I, I talked a lot about last year and that we covered on our first uh, fantasy football podcast this year is if the Broncos continue to score 20 points or less every game, season after season – I just don't know how many games that the fan base expects us to win. You can't fucking win games in the NFL if you score 14 points. Well, you just can't. And the Broncos, you know, a lifetime Bronco fan, I'm waiting for my season ticket call. <laughs> I'll be waiting again. I mean, think of this. The Broncos country is one of, if not the best, fan bases in the country. Oh, yeah, dude. Going and, to Broncos games is a blast. And that's not – that's, that's trying to take all bias out of it. When I applied for Broncos season tickets – I was put on a 15-year wait list. Jesus. I think I'm on year three or four of that wait list, so I still have a possible 12 years until <laughs> I can be, you know, my name gets high enough on the list where I might get a call. So, I mean, if that doesn't tell you how – I mean, they've sold out every single home game since Pat Bowen bought the team. With the obvious you know, exception of last night. <laughs> well, yeah. COVID's a different situation. Yeah, this, these, yeah. this shouldn't count on any record. Yeah. But, um, you know, the Broncos are such a storied franchise. I mean, they've mm-hmm. been to, I think, what, seven Super Bowls? We're three and seven. Not a yeah. great record, but we've been there seven times. kind of like LeBron James in the NBA Finals. Yeah. I mean, we have three Super Going Bowls. Going back to our last podcast. Three Super Bowls, which is great yeah but we've been there seven times and i think we have two of the worst losses in super bowl history so 
Well, I know for damn sure that one against the Seahawks that I was watching when I was in college where we lost like 43-8, to eight, that was definitely one of them. I mean, I threw my hat <laughs> so hard against the wall it put a hole in the wall in college. That was a bad one. I got angry drunk while I was watching that game. And then – I think a lot of Broncos yeah. fans did. Oh, I was pissed. <laughs> well, and, and it didn't help. Our quarterback in college lived across the hall from me, and he's from Seattle. Oh, so yeah. So him, and, him and a bunch of fans, Seattle fans yeah. were across the hall, so we had our doors open. So we had Broncos in my, you know, it was a five-person apartment, and across the hall was another five-person apartment, and they were all Seahawks fans. So we're watching, we're Just screaming back at yeah. each other through the hall. I mean, beer cans were going back and forth. My hat went through the wall. I mean, and dude, is there anything worse than Seahawks? Like during that, that those pinnacle years where the Seahawks were really good, because weren't they in back-to-back Super Bowls? Yeah, didn't they lose to the Patriots so they beat, like the next they year. They beat the Broncos, and then the next year they were on the one yard line. That's right, that was and that Pete year. Pete Carroll's yeah, yeah. dumbass with Marshawn Lynch as your running back goes. I'm gonna throw the ball from the <laughs> one yard line. And everyone's like, "Hey, idiot! You can't do that with yeah. Marshawn Lynch." That was a fucking crazy ending to that Super Bowl. But what I was gonna say was, was, is there anything more annoying than Seahawks fans during that? few years there like that two or three year span where they were just like on the top of the world like seahawks fans were so they're annoying. still annoying oh my God. and i have one in my mind right now i don't think she listens to this podcast she's gonna be staying at my house here in a couple of days but she can't even tell me who their backup quarterback is and i'm like are you really a real fan if you can't tell me multiple <laughs> people on your team so i grill her and you know i think she's a fake seahawks fan which i still to this day believe she is I mean, but, I'm not going to argue with you. I think you you're know, on point there. I, I do yeah. agree. They were annoying as shit. They were, dude, just going to watch games. Because, you know, NFL fans across the country, we, we, you know, most of us watch a lot of games throughout the year at, like, sports bars and stuff like that. Right. You know, you're eating your burgers, drinking your beer. <sighs> and there's everyone in there wearing their jerseys for their team and stuff. And during these, especially, like, late in the season, regular season games with, like, big rivalry matchups or, like, playoff matchups. Like, the, those sports bars get, like, crazy. Oh, yeah. And I just remember back during those few years when the Seahawks, because the Seahawks are still really good, they're just not as good as they were just a few years. ago. They don't ago. have the Legion of Boom. Yeah, anymore. it's not the, it's not like not the same team anymore. Right. Um, but God, they were annoying. Like Seahawks yep. fans were just the worst to be around. I don't, I don't know. It was well, they, just, they walked around like, yeah, no one can beat us and all this shit. And it, oh, it was so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. it was it was annoying. But I mean, yeah, going back to the the point of, you know the Broncos having the best fan base and you saying if we score 14 points, we're not going to – we're not. And Yeah, it's just not going to get it done. And man. when fans are allowed back in the stadium, I mean, I was I was at a game when Tebow got in. We booed Orton off the field. We made McDaniels, at the, who was our head coach at the time, put Tim Tebow in. We almost came back and won the game, and that's when Tebow Mania started that year. But, you know, Broncos fans and a lot of other fans, if they're there, will – you know, I know Broncos, the Eagles, and maybe the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots so much. But Broncos and Eagles will boo you off the field. There are certain fan bases that will let you know. Yeah. Like, and, hey, you're not doing a good enough job. And I, I've, <laughs> I've known, like, some professional athletes go, I don't think it's right that our home fans are booing us. And I'm like, well, the only reason they're booing you is because you suck. So maybe play better? Yeah. Well, and, I don't know. And, yeah, it's one of those things, too, that I guess I'm, I'm not actually going to get into that. But, um, yeah, going back to what I said earlier, the Broncos, I mean, you, you watched the Broncos games last year. How many times did we put up, like, over 30 points? Like, I don't think we 
uh, one game. Maybe and I was one at that game. game down in Houston, which was a great game, by the way. Yeah, and, and there so were more like, Broncos fans and Houston fans in Houston. That's exciting. And if you're putting up mid to high twenties in, into the thirties, you're going to be in slash win a lot of games. But if you're just putting up fourteen to twenty points a game, you're not going to win. God, and, and God, it's boring football to watch. Like I don't know it what hurts. it is about the Broncos the last couple of years, but it's like, can we put something together that's exciting to watch and that puts points on the board? It's well, an offensive league. We need to score points. And one thing I will say is, in the past five years, we've had five offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. And so a that, shit ton of quarterbacks. That doesn't help. We had a shit ton of quarterbacks, none of them good. Praying Drew Locke could be the answer. and But, I mean, think about it this year. We have... Drew Locke coming into – everyone on the offense coming into a new system. Mm-hmm. You have a new center, a new right guard, and not necessarily a new right tackle, but, you know, someone stepping into play as right tackle. You have two rookie wide receivers, a second-year quarterback, a second-year tight end, you know, a new tight end from in free agency – a new running back from free agency, a third-year mm-hmm. rookie running – or not rookie, but a third-year running back. Yeah. I mean, you culminate all that. We have the youngest offense in the league with like an average age of like 24 and a half years old. Mm-hmm. They're going to have growing pains, especially without having preseason games to, to get on so, that. Yeah, so, you got the combination of young guys, new system, no preseason No games. preseason. And so I want to be lenient with them, and I don't think the offense played too bad. A lot of mental mistakes. Our O-line could be better. They could have been worse. Zero sacks, I'll take it, but they could be better. And, you know, I'm going to give them a break on this first game, despite the fact that we could be 1-0 if better clock management and not some boneheaded plays. But I think our offense could be one of the best in the NFL in the years to come. I think we have the weapons to be. We just got to execute, and hopefully we have some continuity at the – the offensive coordinator position to where we're not changing every year and, and they have to learn a new system. So, so we got Steelers next week for game two. Steelers so. next week, 11 a.m. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. They looked pretty good in week one. So, Yeah, but they did play the Giants. I was going to say, they played the Giants. Um, you know what's encouraging is uh, week four we play the Jets. So hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll beat the Jets. Battle of the bads. <clears throat> They're terrible. Um, yeah. So... That was the NFL recap, and that was a little Broncos talk. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else you wanted to cover? No, I mean, you know, this episode is brought to you by Body Armor Light, Watermelon, (laughs) a low-calorie, no-sugar-added drink. Um, Yeah, every time I come over here, I drink up all of Matt's Body Armors. Yeah, so Body Armor, if you're listening to this, we'd love to be sponsored by you. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, um... You know, we appreciate everyone listening. We're uh, happy football's back. We're happy football's back. Uh, I do want to give a shout out. We see we have some some friends up north. So uh, yeah, yeah. To our listeners up in the great north, you know, welcome to just browsing. You know, shoot us an email if you want to talk some hockey. Zach might sit back and be quiet. He might be the lookup kind of guy, and then I'll yeah, we can let I'll talk Matt your ear off on, on that uh, but, on uh, hockey for a little while, and then I'll I'll hop in later and we can splice it together or something. But yeah, we got some Canadian listeners, so shout out to our Canadian yeah. listeners. Yeah, write in and uh, let us know how the hell you discovered us and um, what's interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what you want to hear more of, I guess. So yeah, I mean, and and that goes for everybody. You know, shout out to all of our listeners. We've got listeners in different states all across the U.S. and you know, we, we enjoy the support, and, you know, just let us know what you guys think. Let us know what you want to hear. Zach and I are completely open to, mm-hmm. you know, discuss anything. Um, 
So, yeah, we're um, we're trying to. So we think we have a schedule to where we'll probably do at least a couple more NBA episodes covering the 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 rest of what little is left of the NBA playoffs, and then we'll be doing probably weekly recaps of the fantasy and the NFL season. So we got those podcasts regularly scheduled, but then. Outside of that, we want to just continue to kind of talk about different topics and stuff, and we're really up for anything. I mean, if it's stuff that we don't know a lot about, you know, write in something, tell us some cool thing you've learned, some conspiracy or some cool science thing or whatever, and we'll look into it. We'll do some research, and we'll just come on here and do like any uh, podcasters do and and talk with little information and just act like we know what we're talking about. So Yeah, but, you know, we uh, from both of us, we want to thank – Thank everyone listening, and uh, you know, you know, interact with us. We wanna, we wanna give you what you wanna hear. So, yep. you know, let us know. But and uh, shout out to my fiance; her birthday's tomorrow. Shout out to Taya for turning old as shit. Yep, she's gonna be officially old, just like me. So, did you get her a walker? Oh, don't tell her; she might <laughs> listen to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Taya! Happy birthday! We babe. all love you. All no. right, all right. Well, yeah. yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. So you guys have a good night and. Uh, Oh, I guess we should mention real quick before we, we're telling everyone to write in the email again. Right. The email is just some browsing at gmail.com. Yeah. Or go to Facebook. We have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. just browsing. Leave a comment, make a post, share with your friends, you know. YouTube. 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 Talk shit on YouTube. Talk Do shit on you YouTube. Yeah. You can comment on Podbean. I don't know if you can, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts, you know. Feel free. If you think we're a one-star yeah. podcast, leave us that. It's great feedback. Yeah. You know, but write in with your comment on why we're a one-star podcast so we can better it and maybe we'll jump up to a two-star. Yeah. Or three. Or maybe if you think we're a one-star podcast, write in, <sighs> tell us we're a one-star podcast, but go ahead and just give us the five-star rating on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let us know that we're good, but also let us know that we're bad. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, we want to thank everyone for listening and... Um, Hopefully we'll be back in your ears uh, in a week from now with a week two update of uh, fantasy football and recap of the the week two of the NFL season. So yeah, so best of luck to everyone else out there who's uh, struggling yeah. through the fantasy season just best, like us. Best so. of luck, and uh, <laughs> you know, just keep doing some browsing. See you, everybody.